and uh, praise His name. Turn to the book of First Peter. First Peter two. Thank God for just everything we've heard and felt already. Amen. Hallelujah. Appreciate God's goodness so much. We're so blessed. Appreciate these great testimonies of prayer, the worship, and thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all you do to be a help and a blessing. We're in this together. This is this is God's work. Amen. And we're just hallelujah. Want him to work in this last day that we're living in. First Peter two. Before we read it, let's ask God to help us. Father, we love you. We thank you for Lord, everything you've already done in this service. And we thank you, Lord, for, Lord, hungry souls that have been gathered here together. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, would feed us tonight, God. Give us an anointing, God, I pray, and that it would destroy every yoke of the enemy. And God, just give us just what we need tonight, Lord. Bless each one, Lord. I pray you just work. And God, that... Help me, Lord, just to stay out of your way and that you would be seen, that you would be magnified in everything that's said and done. We love you for it. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. First Peter 2, verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but now, but are now the people of God. Which hath not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Appreciate just God's presence with us here this morning. Good to see everybody here tonight. God bless you. This is... uh, Something we've already talked about, I'm sure, many times. would feel just in my, my heart to, to go back to this, and I pray God would bless somebody with it. We are called in this several things, a chosen generation, God's people being a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I want to focus in on this idea of being a peculiar people. Just for a little while, we want to talk about a peculiar people. It is a... Uh, a phrase really in uh, the modern uh, English kind of can get a little confusing. And I've heard people really get uh, very, very off on this, if you will. They, they, they don't really understand what God is really trying to say. We thank God for his, the liberty that is in this house tonight. We thank God for the worship, and, and, and I guess if, if you're really not familiar with the Word of God and all that it says about worship and praise, and, and maybe familiar with some denominations and different Christian, maybe you'd say organizations, if you will, that uh, it might be very unfamiliar with the Bible tells us to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Amen. It talks about lifting up our hands just like the evening sacrifice and the, that would go up into the, the nostrils of God in the Old Testament. It talks about lifting up our voices to Him, shouting unto the Lord with a voice of triumph, clapping our hands unto the Lord. So many different ways of expressing our love and our gratitude to God. Amen. This Bible talks about leaping for joy. It talks about dancing in the Spirit. All these things may be peculiar 
to a lot of people that have been going to a maybe a man-made tradition of worship, but the Word of God shows a dynamic, powerful, emotional state of loving God. Not something that is purely emotionalism, but thank God that God has created us with emotions. And with a passion and a zeal, we love Him today. And it may seem peculiar. I have heard preachers already kind of use this to boast about, Hey, I, you think I'm peculiar? That's just what God said. And sometimes they kind of use it to justify uh, maybe a little bit of, of flesh and carnal goofiness. You know, maybe they just kind of uh, kind of do some things that really aren't prescribed in the Bible. Say, well, you know, God says we're peculiar. That's not what this is talking about. This is not somehow uh, justifying somebody going, going off and being flaky. Amen. We, we, all that we do and all that we, we, we believe and all that we, we practice needs to be firmly rooted in the Word of God. Amen. Because he told us, and we quoted it earlier, I believe, maybe it was this morning, that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's our spirit connecting with God's spirit, not just a shallow kind of going through the motions, kind of having our mind on other things. That God's spirit is engaging and our spirit is engaging with that, and, but also in truth. Amen. The idea of this peculiar people goes back to Exodus where God calls his people out of a world and says, you're different. Amen. He calls them a peculiar treasure. In one sense, you might, it might be like there's a, there's a countless amount of, of gravel on the road, but you are a gem. You're my treasure. He says, you're different. You're called out. That's what the church means, to be called out. To, to be born again is to be a new creation, a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, he says, all things become new. And when he calls us this peculiar people, he's talking about a people that have been picked, have been chosen, that have been called out and are special to Almighty God. Amen. The idea of just God in creation. Today was a beautiful day. We had a service this afternoon, and that was beautiful too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I kind of, in some part of me, just kind of wished I could, could have enjoyed the outside a little bit. Wish we could have got them all outside this afternoon, you know? But creation, what a beautiful thing. When you look at this world and see the handiwork of God, the Bible says it shouts out His glory. It proclaims that there is a God. To see the, the beauty of the, the stars at night, to see the, 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 the sky during the day and the, the trees and, and what a beautiful time of year this is. And, and to realize that as we look to the Word of God and recognize we're not some cosmic accident. We're not some kind of uh, strange concept that has been formulated to, to take us away from the accountability of man to God. Amen. But recognizing that, that God has created us. To, I, I talked to someone here recently and said, do you really believe that just matter, stones and rocks and, and dust and swamp, somehow lightning 
has struck that and just the passage of time has not only brought about humanity but consciousness to love to 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 have passion to have zeal to 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 be proud of your children to be to to be disappointed all the emotions we talked about just just came from stones and rocks and matter and now the spirit and soul that you are proclaims that there's a god amen god created this universe the bible talks about the the earth and the and the stars it talks about the the vegetation and the the oceans and the and the the animal kingdom and then it says he he creates man in his own image we are the crowning creation he takes man and gives us dominion gives us a special place in his creation because you were created with purpose. You were created with value. You're not some kind of accident that's going to go into oblivion someday. But you, are, you, you have value to God. He has, a, a, out of all His creation, even the angels in heaven, the Bible says, one day when His salvation, His this redemption plan will be finished, we are created a little lower than those celestial beings. But in that day, we'll reign with Him. We are a special, chosen, peculiar, different treasure to Him. We see that even in creation. Now, mankind has, has failed. We've fallen from, from His perfect plan. But He made a plan. He had a plan already in place. We talked about this a week or two ago, how there are some that are skeptical and say, you know, what a setup. What a crazy deal to, to, to have man and have temptation right there in the middle of the garden and, and, and knowing everything. Oh, you know, we were destined to fail and he knew all about it. And he always had a plan to redeem. He always had a plan to save and show his mercy, to show his love even though we fail. And ultimately, he had a plan to redeem mankind through the cross. He ultimately had a plan in his heart from the foundation of the earth, the Bible says. From the very beginning, the dawn of creation, he had a plan that there would be a a death on Calvary. Now think about that. His creation, you. His creation, his crowning creation, though fallen, though failed, was worth that he would step out of glory. Would clothe himself in in humanity, would come out of his holy environment of, of, of heaven and, and come down and taste the wrath, taste the, the anger, the hatred of mankind, and die that horrible death of Calvary. To be mocked and to be ridiculed by those that he loved so much, and not only to be spit upon and to be be ridiculed but to to bear the sin of a world on his soul who knew no sin and to pay that price that ultimate price of death that's what you're worth the bible talks about it in the book of acts i believe it's around the 20th chapter he talks about this church that he has purchased with his own blood what a price to pay 
The Bible says that maybe a, a man would, would die for a righteous man, but who would ever die for a sinner? But Jesus saw us, saw the value in you. You were worth Him coming and dying for, for that you would be saved. Sister Anna heard of me talking at the, the, the home today, and, and, and I want to I say again, as she put it so well, but uh, His mercy is one thing. But to think about it. You know, if one of the neighbor children came over here and, and, and graffitied the, the church or my home or uh, broke a window or something, and I said, you know what, don't worry about it. They come by and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I say, uh, I'm not calling the police. Right? Uh, I'm not going to charge you with the crime that you committed. You're forgiven. Amen? Well, that, that would be one thing, and that would be a great thing to be forgiven. Amen. To say, hey, you don't have to pay for it. Amen. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, uh, go to trial for it. I forgive you. I'm not holding that debt over you. That, that, that's a lot. But grace is more than forgiveness. It's unmerited favor. Favor that I didn't earn. Favor would say, son, where's your home? I don't have a home. Why don't you come live with me? Amen. Unmerited favor would say, "Son, have you have you eaten today? Come and eat at my table." Amen. You, I, I'm going to take you into my family. I'm going to I'm going to take care of you, son. Son, I'm going to I'm going to take those rags you're wearing. I'm going to I'm going to buy you good clothes, and I'm going to make sure you get a good education. Amen. Grace is so much more than the mercy of saying, I won't hold you to the debt you owe, but that God so loved this world. The amazing grace the Word of God talks about, how when we recognize how sinful our sin really is, and then realize God, a holy God, loves us so much that He would not only take our debt away, but draw us to Himself. That I can look at God and and I don't deserve a bit of it, but He's my Father today. Hallelujah. And, And the Bible says He calls us no longer servants, but calls us friends. That I can... I, I, I can, I can understand why I want him to be my friend. Now I really need him, but for the life of me, I can't figure out why he'd call me his friend. Amen. But that's his grace. That's his grace to love the unlovable. That's value. That's that's that peculiar treasure that we're talking about. That you are. Amen. This salvation, this salvation that God has given us, that He would make a way. Hear me now, because He's a holy God. He dwells in a holy heaven. Amen. You read it in the book of Isaiah, you can see a, a, a scene there that, that uh, Isaiah just goes into the, the throne room of God. And the Bible says there are angels, seraphim. And they are, they are covering their face in the holiness of God. They're covering their feet in the holiness of God. And they just keep crying out, holy, holy, holy. This is a, the presence of God in heaven. And God looked at fallen, sinful you and me, mankind, and said, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to draw you into my family. But this salvation that I'm going to wash away your sins 
through the, the, the cross, through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do such a complete work in you that when I'm done, I will dwell in you as my temple. Oh, can we comprehend that? Can we recognize if you've ever taken the time, and I understand it's, uh, it can be a little tedious looking at all the different measurements of cubits and all the different materials and colors of the tabernacle and then the temple. And God dwelling in that holy of holies. Amen. People couldn't go back there. God was so holy. Once a year, the high priest would go on the day of atonement and make a sacrifice. And they were always concerned because... Well, they were sinful people. And is he going to survive? Is he going to make it? Are we going to get mercy one more time this year? We, but now when Jesus died on the cross, you know what happened. That veil that separated the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was on that Ark of the Covenant, that veil was ripped in two from the top to the bottom as if to say the way into the holiness of God is now made available to man. Amen. That whosoever will, let him come unto me. That's the kind of treasure that we can have access into His presence. That we can come boldly into His presence in our time of need, the Bible says. A salvation that Jesus said, I'm with you, but I'm going to be in you. That we would be now the temple of the Spirit of God. That we would now, that is the kind of treasure we're talking about. When God says you're a chosen generation, you're a peculiar people, He said, I have made a way that I can... I can in my holy presence, live inside of you. Are you hearing me? God's looking at you and saying, I'll live in you. God's looking at you and saying, I'll make you worthy. Not me, God. I'm not worthy. I know how much I've fallen, but you got to look at Jesus and know what he's done for you. Amen. Hallelujah. He calls us his bride. Isn't that amazing? His church. He, he looks at us as a bride that he's coming back for, that he's preparing a place for. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? He said, believe in me, because I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Just like a husband that would say, I'm, I, I'm not just going to uh, uh, just wing this. I'm going to make a place that you can have some security. I'm going to take good care of you. The Lord's going away to prepare a place for us that where we are. There he is. That's where we can be. How much more precious? Well, praise the Lord. You know, I, I, I don't have a lot. Amen. But you know what? Thank God. If you, if, if you mess with my, my house, you mess with my, my beat up vehicle. What's one thing? But, but hallelujah. Please uh, just uh, watch out when you're around my bride. Take care. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, you're his bride. He's made a promise. He made a promise to Abraham. Maybe some of you didn't realize this. You know, when he told Abraham, I'm going to bless everybody that blesses you. If somebody curses you, I'm going to be against them. You say, is that about Israel? That's that We are grafted into that vine. You know, through the blood of Jesus, he said, we are heir to the promises of Abraham. God got his eyes on you. You're his bride. Amen. You are the apple of his eye. Amen. He's going to take good care of you. He's going to defend you. He's going to watch you. He's going to go in front of you. The Bible says he's going to take up the rearward behind you. He's going to encircle you. His angels will camp about you. 
Amen. God wants you to know how valuable you are to Him. The apple of His eye. The reason He came and died on that cross. Don't take it lightly. This world, it's already been said how many times now about depression. It's already been said about people just feeling so hopeless, so worthless. But this is the beauty of salvation. This is the beauty of the love of God that while we are yet sinners, He looked at us and said, I want to, I love you. And I want you to be a part of my plan for good in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to turn now with that thought to Romans 14. Oh, hallelujah. I can't overstate the love that God has for His people. His purpose in this plan, His plan is that He would work in you. When you see this world and the mess that it's in, when He's moved into your life, He wants to use you to be the change. We talked about this morning being that salt, being that light, being that influence. Amen? Hallelujah. God's called us into His plan to help and to save. We're His hands and we're His feet. Hallelujah. Romans, the 14th chapter, says something here that you might wonder how it fits in. But it says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I want you to take it with you that you are a peculiar treasure to God. There's something. God sees you. He cares about you. You are valuable to God. Amen. He's got His hand on your life. He's going to bless you as you follow Him. And He'll protect you. Amen. He's not going to be happy if, if someone comes against you. He's not, going to be, he, he's not going to sit idly by and watch somebody try to pull you down. Some of you going through troubles and problems, maybe at your job or maybe in other areas of your life. God's got his eye on you. He said a sparrow can't fall to the ground without him noticing. And aren't you more valuable to him than those sparrows, he said. But it would be foolish for us to be so excited and so so jubilant about how good God has been to us that we're shouting and singing and dancing in His presence and just, just saying, thank you, Lord, I don't deserve a bit of this, and not realize, hey, wait a minute. If He loves me that much, and I'm that much value to Him, and He's taking that good a care of me, that's how He feels about my brother. That's how He feels about my sister. And that one that's maybe not here today, but they're out there and they're lost and they're wandering around in this world without, without direction, without seeming not to have hope. He cares that they're worth the blood of Jesus too. He wants to bring them in. He wants, to, he wants them to see and be a part of what you have. The Bible says we oughtn't waste our time judging one another. But you know what? Be careful. Be careful that you don't put a stumbling block. 
a cause for somebody to to feel hurt, to feel pushed away. Because Jesus shed His blood for them. Amen. Well, praise God. When we realize how valuable we are, we need to see how valuable other people's souls are too to the Lord. Not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Hey, you want to go around feeling great, and I, I hope that and maybe tonight you feel a little bit better about your place in God. But don't ever think it's an excuse to feel better about yourself than somebody else. To be boasting of, with pride that you're something special and they aren't. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. We've been given this place of grace in His presence. And we ought to do everything we can to let others see, hey, this is for you too. Amen. We're living in a day so often. We see it in Jesus' day so clearly. You don't really get a lot of problems. You see, you know, when, when soldiers and, you know, they were being occupied in that time, that they, they Rome had rulership over that area. And, uh, you know, they, they weren't, you know, the, 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 the Jewish people weren't happy about it. But when Jesus is ministering and loving and serving and forgiving and blessing and healing and, 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 and multiplying the loaves and all those miracles... You know, if if soldiers show up, usually he's they're they're curious and they're looking into it. And some of them even had faith that he said, "I wish wish my children had faith like you." Amen. But you see those religious Pharisees, the ones that should have known better, the ones that were saying, "We are children of Abraham. We we're God's people. We're under the covenant of God." It's so often careless Christians, so called. That get in the way and become a stumbling block. Amen. He said to them in Matthew 23, you're not going into the kingdom of heaven, but you're preventing others to get in. Jesus said, if you would cause a, a, a child to stumble. I've said this, I think, recently. It ought to, it ought to cause us to tremble. It ought to cause us to be so careful. God's looking out for the weak. He said, when you've done it on the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. Amen. When Paul was persecuting the church, Jesus said, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. Oh, it ought to, it ought to put a carefulness in us. You know, I might show you something in my from that I own that that uh, might not mean a lot to you, but it's very sentimental to me and has maybe invaluable to me because something that was passed down to me or and and you might oh oh be careful with that. It might not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. And there's there's not another one in the world. When you're around God's people, praise God. It, it ought to mean something to you that they mean something to God. We oughtn't be careless with people. We need to recognize that, that God's got His eyes on every one of us. If you expect God to have His eyes on you, and you've got to recognize He's got His eyes on your neighbor. Amen. 
He's got his eyes on some that might be wandering. They might not realize. They might be, be lost today, but he's got a plan for their lives. Be careful. Be careful how you talk to them. Be careful how you treat people. Don't be like the Pharisees. Amen. They were so careless with people. And that gets in the way of people seeing how great Jesus is. He said in the Sermon on the Mount that if you call your brother... Now, there was a term that was used in the Scripture that was from their, the language they were speaking, the Aramaic. But it really was just a term. That term, reka, is just means worthless. There's a lot of different things you can call people that just means worthless to you. Amen. He said, you, but listen, it, it might be a word. It might be a slander. It might be a, an attitude. But when you are looking at what is valuable to God and treating it like it is worthless, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not, walk, you're not pleasing God. You better be careful with that because the Pharisees... They, they cared more about themselves than anybody else. And that pride, he said, is going to abase you. But when you humble yourself and realize what Jesus really died for. If all you get out of this is, well, I know what he died for. Me. Yeah, he did. You can be excited about that. I want you to be excited about it. I don't want you to forget anything I said about how you are that peculiar treasure. But don't allow pride... To rob you of the fact that there's brothers and sisters that, that, that are valuable to God. And we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to shine the love and the, the, the respect. Amen. The honor. That that's somebody that Jesus wants in heaven. That's somebody that Jesus cares about. Hallelujah. That's somebody that, 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 that God wants to save. That's somebody who's struggling. That's somebody who's hurting. That's somebody that God is wants you to be a part of His plan to bless, to serve, to love. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. I'm not going to be much longer. Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men. While you're turning there, I'm just going to go ahead for the sake of time. Follow peace with all men. Don't look for trouble. Look for peace. I know sometimes this trouble just is there and you got to deal with it. But, but follow peace. Pursue peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently. Where am I looking? At my neighbor? Uh-uh. Looking at me. Looking in the mirror. Asking God to help me look into my heart. Looking diligently. Work at it. What are we working at? What are we looking for? Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. I know there's a lot of folks that don't think that can happen, but I just read it in the Bible. I just read it right there. You've got to look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any... How can that happen? Lest any root of bitterness... We're all vulnerable. Amen. More battles you fight, the more vulnerable you are to vulnerable you are to bitterness. Harboring bitterness against people. Ultimately harboring bitterness against God. 
Sometimes God takes us through some things. God, God tests us. God allows trials in our lives. He doesn't tempt us, but He allows trials in our lives. Amen. He does things His way, not our way. And sometimes it makes us struggle. And God doesn't do it in our time, in our way. And if you're not careful, you get bitter. Amen. It doesn't matter. You can be a pastor. You can be part of the preacher's family. You can be a a Sunday school teacher. You can be in church all your life. And all of a sudden, bitterness comes into your life. And you wonder, God, what are you doing? Where have you been? Why did you do this to me? I've talked to those in ministry at times and pleaded with them and told them, God never did you wrong. God's not done this to you. God's looking out for you. God cares about you. But if we don't look diligent, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Bitterness, while it's infecting and affecting our lives, it, it spills out in the church. It really does. It's, it's those bitter folks that don't want to believe that they're, they're not really on fire for God where they need to be that they're drifting away from God and what happens it starts you start pointing it out and start looking at other people and start start hurting other people amen you know the old uh, saying I don't want to call it a cliche because there's so much truth to it that hurt people hurt people the kind of people that are hurt inside generally they perpetrate that hurt on others amen Ephesians tells us to not let corrupt communication proceed out of our mouths. Tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit whereby we're sealed under the day of redemption. It says let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Listen now, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I can cause damage to the body of Christ by holding on to grudges. I can cause damage without even knowing it by holding on to bitterness. By holding on to unforgiveness. By holding on to to feeling like God's maybe not done me good. Maybe He's done me wrong. It's so important, so important for us to realize how precious our neighbors are to God. You need to look at this world. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? world is it's just crazy. Things are going on in this generation. It's unbelievable. I understand that. Seeing things just, just turned upside down and wrong being called right, evil being called good, good being called evil. Amen. You see it in so many different ways. And, but God's church, you, are God's plan for this generation. For such a time as this, it's time to pray for people. You see, you see people going off the rails. That's when you need to pray. Don't get angry. Don't lash out. Don't point a finger. Don't condemn. Pray. Encourage. Be a strength to somebody that's hurting. Amen. Encourage somebody that's discouraged. Not talking about justifying wrong, but help somebody that's wrong. Be kind to somebody who needs a friend. Help somebody up when they stumble. Don't be like the 
the, the priest and the Levite there seeing somebody left on the road half dead walking by feeling so holy. Be like that good Samaritan that took the time and said, you know what, that somebody needs help. That somebody needs a, needs a hand. That somebody needs Jesus. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Humility. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You might need a friend someday. Be like that one the Bible talks about. He was an unfaithful steward, but he knew how to make friends because someday he was going to need them. And he messed up so royally. It was a parable Jesus spoke of. We don't have time to get into it too deeply. But Jesus at the end of it said, I wish my children were that smart. I wish they were using wisdom like him. Help people get up because you might need a friend and an arm to lean on one day. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, this is, I want to close on this thought. Just a few moments. I just got done telling you today how valuable you are. Believe it. But listen, if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, how can I be nothing if I'm a peculiar treasure? Pride. Pride makes you nothing. You're valuable to God until you're proud. And then the Bible says, I resist the proud and I give grace to the humble. Let me say that again. Because I don't want this just to be a quick ending and for you to forget this. You are valuable to God. You're worth the very blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are a peculiar, special treasure to Him. Chosen of Him. Amen. But to think yourself more highly than you ought to allow pride to enter into your life, you become nothing. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not the love of God, charity... I'm nothing. I can give my body to be burned. I can give everything I own. I can do all these great works. But if I don't have the love of God working through me, he says it is worthless. It's nothing. Pride will rob you of the blessings of God. If a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. God's put value on souls. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. All the beauty of creation is going to be transformed one day to a new heaven and new earth. But, but God has redeemed mankind. Be a part of that plan. Know your value, but know your neighbor's value. And be careful that you don't put a stumbling block before your brother. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we make mistakes. Make it right. Do your best to get it right and just because there's value. There's, there's treasure in the house of God. There's treasure. Those souls that are weak. Those souls that God is working on and they're still wandering. They're still learning. They don't know everything. Maybe you know. Maybe they've not had the the privileges you've had. Don't judge them. Help them. This salvation, the Bible says, is a great salvation. This plan of salvation that God has given us, it'll cleanse you of an old life and make you 
a new temple where God's Spirit will dwell. It's so amazing to think about that a holy God could dwell in us. But that's how great this salvation is. And you're worth it. He loves you. He, you're a treasure to Him. But oh, how we ought to value one another. We ought to love one another. Show respect to one another. And realize that even at their worst, they're worth the blood of Jesus. So be careful. Be careful. Speak words that will edify, build up people. Encourage them. Are we living in a day where we need encouragement? Oh, yeah. People are hurting. People are struggling. They need, they need somebody to be their friend. They need somebody to be kind. That's the church's job. In this dark day, we ought to be shining brighter than ever. But too many times, too many times, it's, it's bitter, angry Christians that get in the way of God's grace. Oh, today I want to be more careful than ever before. Somebody, somebody can see the goodness of God working in their lives. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's take some time before we dismiss this service and just talk to the Lord for a few moments. Lord, work in me. Lord, work in me. Just a few minutes to pray. You care to pray right there where you are, but let's reach out to God. Lord, I want you. Sometimes people that are going in a bad direction, they're always going to be here. But your choice is going to be, how can I help somebody, encourage somebody? How can I let God's Spirit use me to be a help and a blessing? help you where you where you are. Do you reach out to him? He'll give you the strength you need. You need mercy. You need grace. He's here today to forgive you of your past and to draw you to him and into his family. Thank you, Lord. I want to be more like you. 
That's our heart, God. Fill us. Fill us with more of you. Lord, we want you to be seen in our lives. Lord, we're weak sometimes. Lord, we're weak sometimes. We we need to decrease so that you can increase. More of you. Less of us, God. Help us, I pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So thankful for his presence here. God, we love you. We love you, God. Take away pride in us, Lord. Take away self-righteousness and help us to see the value. Not only in ourselves, but in our neighbor. Because they too are worth the cross. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's all stand one more time. Lord, I thank you for all you've done in this service tonight. I pray, Lord, that you just not only... Lord, work in us and encourage us, but work through us and help us to reach out in our community. Lord, help us to be that light. Lord, praying for those in this area, Lord, that are hurting, those that are bound, those that are depressed, those that, Lord, need a Savior. I pray that they would see something in us, Lord, that they would see you, that you would open doors, Lord, that we can shine the light and and be ambassadors, Lord, of your your kingdom. We love you, Lord. Bless each one, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord, and just work throughout this week, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the thanks, Lord. We ask it all in your great name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.